I am Stephen James Peterson, and this is the Raven Rising Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Stephen Peterson with the Raven Rising Podcast. We do a lot of work here. We've driven back and forth basically across the state a couple of times to collect some of the episodes that you're going to hear in the future. Um, We spend a lot of time on our phone, reaching out to different legislative members, state agency employees, patients from around the state. And then on top of that, for the rest of our other content, we are putting a lot of time and effort and money into putting this together for you. So I'm going to ask you to do something. Your support enables us to bring you important information without the typical media distraction and hype. Your contributions make it so that you can be heard, so that what I do for you to be heard is really able to get out there. So I'm going to have to ask you, Please help make this happen. We have the ability to accept donations through the podcast, especially through the Anchor platform that goes towards contributing to the development of these investigative episodes that we're doing and also for the business development episodes that we're doing. So please take a moment. Find the support this episode and support this podcast link. Click it and do what you can, please. Um, And if you're not able to find that, let me know. If you're interested in contributing, we can get you into our PayPal pool. We can get you into our Venmo. One way or another, we'll make sure that we get you taken care of. And, And in turn, that allows us to produce this content that you're not going to hear on any of the radio stations around here. They're not going to dive this deep into controversial subjects because their advertisers don't like it. So if you want us to continue doing this for you to get to the real answers of the real issues here in North Dakota, it's really important that you contribute to the cause. So once again, this is Steven Peterson with the Raven Rising Podcast. Thank you very much. So this is the beginning of a series exploring some of the growing pains and early issues within the North Dakota medical marijuana program. This is coming completely at you from the patient's perspective. And also, we're going to get more stakeholders in on this that are going to be discussing certain aspects of access to product, even when they have their legal medical marijuana card issued to them by the state, which means that they have been found to suffer from one of the conditions covered on the state mandated list of acceptable conditions for medical marijuana. Now, one of my primary things that I I was working towards when I was the chief lobbyist for the Committee for Compassionate Care in the North Dakota Cannabis Caucus was to make sure that we were able to include children with autism so that they are able to reap the benefits of this program. Because we're seeing nationally and internationally children with autism having great response to different formularies of the medical marijuana products. However, here in North Dakota, we've run into a major speed bump. Now, we're gonna try to figure out where that speed bump is at, 
And that's what this episode and this series is going to be about, is fleshing out the true issues here. So I'm not going to lay blame at anyone's feet particularly in the very beginning of this, but I think that some of the evidence that you're going to hear is going to play out in such a way that it'll become apparent to where the problem is. So bear with me as some of this recording that you're going to hear is very raw and it's not going to be our highest quality recording, but it's not about the sound quality here, folks. It's about what is said. Let me clear my throat and say that again. Look past the background noise. Look beyond that and let's get you to the point of really getting into the subject matter here because that's the critical aspect of this series. And we're going to be going into this again and again and again till we get to the truth. So let's begin with a field interview that I did with a parent who is a caregiver with a child who is in the North Dakota medical marijuana program who has found that they can't get access to the products that they have found that work best for their child. We're also going to touch on to the costs of these products of what really is going on with product availability currently in the state of North Dakota. Now, admittedly, I'm going to be coming at this in an argumentative state. I am playing devil's advocate a lot here, but I'm not going to lie to you. My standing, my stance, my perspective is to come at this as a patient. I don't represent any dispensary. I don't represent any grow. I don't necessarily 99% of the time agree with what the state does. But now that that's clear, I want to make sure that people understand I'm coming at this completely as a patient. And if you don't know, I too have my medical marijuana card. So this is very pertinent to me. But the reason why this issue especially is important to me is because children are involved. Children who have already in the last few months had their lives changed for the better. But we need to get down to the nitty gritty of access to product. And not just that, access to the product that is legally allowed to be created. And that right there is the crux of what you're going to hear. We have an emergency. Uh, The products that are necessarily needed by some of the medical marijuana patients in the state are not available. And what's worse about that is that the products that we're needing are specifically for the pediatric patients. So this whole discussion is going to be about <laughs> the whole discussion is going to be about the lack of product here in the state. So we'll recap that again. Um, 
Alexa, it's, it's a pleasure to be with you right now. Hey, so let's have this conversation. When, when do you know the state ran out of the pediatric, pediatric tincture? When did you discover that you were having to talk to places out in Williston and across the state to get, even get any for you and the other parents? When Was that about a week ago, three weeks ago? When did you start experiencing the shortages? Um, the shortage of specifically um, the 38.5 milligrams of THC um, per mil solution um, that my son and several other um, autistic children that I know need um, really started running out. We knew that there might be a shortage in September. All right, so what you just heard is an issue that we're dealing with. Now, let me really flesh this out. This recording that you're listening to, that interview, happened back in the beginning of November. Today is the beginning of 2020, January 1st, 2020. And this product still, which was once available, has not been made available again since. So we've been dealing with a bunch of different issues on that, but I'm putting this break in here so that everyone clearly understands that what we're discussing here for these products has not been made available. So that's, that's the crux of this issue here. And this is just the beginning of this investigative report. Now you understand what this is about though. So as of January 1st, 2020, which is now a couple of months later, the product that we're discussing is still not available. All right, so we're discussing the shortage of pediatric tincture here in the state of North Dakota. And you said that you started noticing the shortage when? In September. Okay. And Tell me more about that, please. So, um, between there are two other autism moms within the state whose children are um, card-holding patients, and um, between those moms and I and the conversations that we had at the dispensaries, we realized at a point in September um, that we were going to run short of that strongest pediatric um, tincture available. That would be um, 38.5 milligrams of THC per um, mil. I'm sorry, apologize, Graham. So what, I'm, what I've been finding out or hearing from some people is that a lot of adults went out and bought up the pediatric tincture. So we discovered way too late in this system and process here that the pediatric tinctures were not being saved for the kids. You've heard the same, is that correct? Um, yes. So we, I, the, the other two gals that have kind of been um, experiencing this shortage for their kids, um, they're in different parts of the state. Um, and we did call um, various times throughout the month, but as of October 6th, there were only four bottles left of our preferred tincture um, that our kids who have autism need to just keep themselves safe. Um, and I did call um, the dispensary in Bismarck one day when I realized that Fargo, where I'm from, um, was completely out of that tincture. I did call them. 
and I asked them if they, if I said, you know, I have six little kids and it's kind of hard for me to get a babysitter. It's hard for my husband to get work off. But I, I said to them, you know, if I get a sitter, if I leave at six in the morning, it, would it be possible for you to hold a couple of those bottles for me? And they refused. They said, no. I said, you know, I'll come. I'll drive the three hours as fast as I can. Can you please, please hold those? And they said, nope. If we have an adult that comes in or another individual that wants it, it'll be sold. It's first come, first serve here, no matter your situation. Okay. So, additionally, I mean, those of us that aren't, or I should say that in a different way, um, those people that are not um, affiliated with the North Dakota Medical Marijuana Support Group, they don't realize that we really do keep a lot of our information quiet. So, we don't know who all the different patients and parents are. We don't, we don't want to know too much just because... It's a new program here in the state. There's still employers that are overreacting to it in certain situations. We get that. Um, and so the legislative members are going to have to deal with the fact when they hear this that we don't know all the involved parties. So when we're saying that there's five or six parties that are seeking this product, um, admittedly there could be an additional 30 in the state or another five out of, you know, and make 10 total. We don't know. That's a question you'd have to get information out of Jason Wall for. So we're not even able to express how serious this is. We can express how serious this is for five families, but we can't really tell you what the full scope of the measure of this shortage is to the rest of the people in the state. So, I mean, you agree with that, don't you? I mean, we really don't know who's all being impacted by this right now. No, no, we don't. And people do have a right to safe medicine, and we don't begrudge them that. But we have to realize the state has handed these growers a monopoly, um, and it's it's affecting us. And so we we expect we expect some answers, and we're hoping for a resolution. So let's talk about that real quick. Um, when you were dealing with the grow operation here in the Fargo area that's being run by Grassroots, which is a Chicago-based corporation. I believe the CEO's first name is Mitchell. Um, That their liaison, that their manager that spoke to you was extremely rude and dismissive. Can you tell me a little bit more about that, please? Agreed, yes. Um, In about the second week of October, my um, two friends, my two mom friends and I, we decided we were going to put together a packet um, for the growers. And each one of us wrote a very heartfelt letter um, just thanking Pure Dakota and Grassroots um, for their involvement and their investment in North Dakota. And um, we told them specifically um, how our children had benefited from those medicines. And we also included pictures of our kids. And a couple of our kids um, have very self-injurious behaviors with a lot of bruises. Um, and also my son, my nine-year-old, um, when he's kind of freaking out, when he's getting short or the end of a dose, um, or if, if he's agitated by something, he will squeeze my arm like crazy. And so I included a picture of my bruised arm. So as you're beginning to get this picture put together for you, please understand that this parent is admittedly dealing with six children and that at least one of these children has 
special needs. It, it's a immutable fact. Now, the description that you're hearing about with the bruising on the arm and that type of stuff is a reaction that this child gets into when they don't have those palliative calming aspects of the cannabis tincture on board um, that they haven't been able to titrate this child and the reason why this is so important and I'm putting this break in here so that if you are wondering why this is a big deal that the other medications that have been tried let's call it as it is experimented with and tried with this child have not had beneficial effect not not to the level of what the parents are hoping to find here they don't want to have a vegetable as a child but we're also in a situation where if there's nothing done like being able to give this child this this tincture that again this child becomes out of control a lot of parents around the nation who have autistic children of whatever degree of autism that is that they're going to identify immediately with this how a young child has the ability to to well up enough strength in them because of the chemical imbalance and other things going on there to where they're able to grab on so strong onto somebody to put bruising onto them now that's what's being discussed there so we're going to jump back in and uh, pick this up at another point. But I just really want to emphasize to people that what's, what's going on here is that this family is trying to increase quality of life for this child. And admittedly, by extension, increase the quality of life for the rest of the family members. things that I know that you've already dealt with is that you've emailed directly to Jason Wall, the director of the medical marijuana division. Um, can you tell me, I mean, what all happened with that email? I, I, you showed it to me, but I want you to explain it to anyone that's listening. Okay. I do want to say that first of all, I did contact Jason via phone. Um, we've already had, we've always had a nice relationship. He's always been extremely helpful to me and I, um, Expected nothing different in this situation. I did contact him on the phone in September. I said, you know, we kind of have an impending shortage here um, for, for the pediatric solutions. The adults have been allowed to buy them up. Um, I'm wondering how you can help me. I'm wondering if you can contact the growers and see what's going on. And he said, yep, I'll absolutely do that. I heard nothing. And so as of yesterday, what was it yesterday, November 3rd? Um, I did send him an email yesterday asking if he had an update. Um, and I did get an email back from him today um, talking kind of vaguely about, um, you know, how the, the growers have to have a certain amount of flour allotted um, for processing of tinctures. I guess I just didn't really understand it. I didn't think it was a really solid answer. And then another... He, he basically punted what you were trying to get for a response out of him is that he didn't give you a definitive answer is what you're trying to that's say. correct and if he did not understand the question um that's on me but i felt like i was very clear in saying you know we're really in a pickle um with our kids and we need some help and i just do 
So if you're not hyper familiar with the North Dakota Medical Marijuana Division, Jason Wall is the director of the program. Now, my feelings regarding him are still mixed because I truly don't understand where he's coming from. Now, admittedly, I'm probably going to be adversarial towards him in this just because we haven't been able to get the definitive answers that we want. So now you know who she's speaking about when she's talking about this email is the director of the medical marijuana division in North Dakota, Jason Wall. And let's just put it out there real quick so that everyone understands. I'm not here to vilify the man. I'm really not. As a matter of fact, he's done amazing work for a lot of people. We're just trying to figure out what the story is behind this one issue. I want to clarify. Well, um, let's, let's, let's hit some high points. Um, so the original period of time that you started noticing the shortage was back in September. Correct. And you were doing communication directly as directly as you were able to do through the growers via sending letters. And then you additionally reached out to the grassroots grower here in the Cass County area. Now, when you went out to that grower, can you give me a, a just a short two-minute synopsis of the actual conversation with the company representative, not everything that led up to that, but just what the actual conversation with the grassroots representative was like? Um, yes, there was a construction worker working outside, um, and I asked him if there um, was you know, a representative of the company working within. He said, yep, I, there's, there's somebody named Jesse inside there, and I'll just, I'll just let him talk to you on my phone. Let's see if we can get him to come on out and, and talk to you in person. Because I will tell you, I did have in hand um, the packet that these other moms and I had, um, had compiled and I'd like to, I wanted to see if I could talk to somebody in person there, um, even though I did also um, mail it that day. Um, so I did get on the phone with Jesse and I explained to him how grateful we were that they have decided to start growing flour um, for North Dakota and that we were told by the um, botanist that grassroots has no intention of making any oil. And I said to, to this man, I begged him essentially to please help me, you know, come, come talk to me, um, hear about our kids and, and possibly, you know, just possibly save our kids by making those tinctures, um, kind of changing their business plan essentially. And his response was that I should just call the division of medical marijuana. I said, I'd done that, um, several weeks earlier. They had done nothing that I knew of. And I said, please, can you please just have mercy on our children and consider making oil from, from some of your flour that we understand that you have. Um, and um, he, just, he just told me that he didn't make those decisions. I said, is there a contact you can give me for um, your higher-ups in Chicago? And he took a breath and he said, well, you can Google it, <laughs> which I thought was a pretty rude answer. Um, and you know, I, I kept trying to talk to him a little bit on the phone, but essentially he said to me, give that contractor his phone back, you know? So he essentially hung up on me. Okay. Now, additionally, I've already had a short conversation with one of our house members about this, and I'm waiting to hear back from some of the others. Um, 
as far as we know, we haven't been able to get any responses as to when the next product's going to be made available for anyone. That is correct. And I will tell you that the botanist did, did, you know, did not make a guarantee, but part of the panic, what made us hit the, as moms hit the panic button is we had kind of initially been told that we won't see any different types of oil, um, until April. So that's quite a long time for people to be going without product. Yep. We, we just cracked Ronnie's last bottle of that 38.5 tincture last week so i am physically in possession of this last bottle of his medicine right now and we're using it so let's let's touch on a couple of things that some people might not be aware of um first of that being how much do these bottles cost a piece so um the last few bottles that i got were at strive life up in grand forks and that dispensary was extremely kind to me they did hold bottles for me, and I did get a 10% off um, discount because Ronnie is a child. And so I believe it's, I ended up paying about 185 for that 30-gram bottle um, up there. I do know that um, income-based discounts are available out in Williston. Um, and uh, just so people know, I'm at the point where the only places that have any of the tincture that I might possibly be able to use, a lesser um, concentration that might not work as well or at all, are only in Grand Forks and in Williston. But Williston is the only place that I'll probably be able to go to be able to continue to afford um, what is the 21 milligrams of THC solution. And you're a West Fargo resident, so driving all the way across the state and back, how long does that take you? Well, I've never done it without kids, but um, I'm sure it will take me eight hours to get out there. And I'm in a situation so where... So you're talking about yeah. a 16-hour round trip and that any stop time easily turning into a 20-hour day, 18 hours worth on the road, roughly. Yes. So I don't see that as a, as a reasonable expectation for someone to have to do for a program that the dispensary should be able to ship products back and forth between each other. Pharmacies do it all the time. As a matter of fact, um, that the VA hospital will sometimes cover shortages in pharmaceuticals for Sanford and Sanford does the same back for them within their own networks. So I'm trying to figure out why that's not allowed with within the dispensaries or the manufacturers. I did request that of Harvest. I said, you know, I've got these six little kids. I really can't be um, away from them for very long. And is there any way you could even take that product to Bismarck is, you know, because there's two harvests. Can you do it? And they said, no, once it gets in our building, we cannot, we cannot ship it even to an affiliate. All right. I'm going to put a quick pause in there. So I want to put a quick interjection in here is that we are not vilifying grassroots here. Um, this encounter was an anomaly. Uh, it is what it is. It was dealt with and handled on the internal side. So don't take from this that we're trying to throw grassroots under the bus here. As a matter of fact, they've been very cooperative in certain aspects here. So when you hear that last clip, make sure that that doesn't turn into 
issues with uh, grassroots because those have all been handled and dealt with. That was a few months ago. So keep that in mind. I've already had a short conversation with one of our house members about this and I'm waiting to hear back from some of the others. Um, as far as we know, we haven't been able to get any responses as to when the next product's going to be made available for anyone. That is correct. And I will tell you that the botanist did, did, you know, did not make a guarantee, but part of the panic, what made us hit the, as moms hit the panic button is we had kind of initially been told that we won't see any different types of oil, um, until April. So that's quite a long time for people to be going without product. Yep. We, we just cracked Ronnie's last bottle of that 38.5 tincture last week. So I am physically in possession of this last bottle of his medicine right now and we're using it. So let's, let's touch on a couple of things that some people might not be aware of. Um, first of that being how much do these bottles cost a piece? So, um, the last few bottles that I got were at Strive Life up in Grand Forks and that dispensary was extremely kind to me. They did hold bottles for me and I did get a 10% off um, discount because Ronnie is a child. And so I believe it's, I ended up paying about 185 for that 30 gram bottle um, up there. I do know that um, income-based discounts are available out in Williston. Um, and uh, just so people know, I'm at the point where the only places that have any of the tincture that I might possibly be able to use a lesser um, concentration that might not work as well or at all are only in Grand Forks and in Williston. But Williston is the only place that I'll probably be able to go to be able to continue to afford um, what is the 21 milligrams of THC solution. And you're a West Fargo resident, so driving all the way across the state and back, how long does that take you? Well, I've never done it without kids, but um, I'm sure it will take me eight hours to get out there. And I'm in a situation so where... you're talking about yeah. a 16-hour round trip and that any stop time easily turning into a 20-hour day, 18 hours worth on the road roughly. Yes. So I don't see that as a, as a reasonable expectation for someone to have to do for a program that the dispensary should be able to ship products back and forth between each other. Pharmacies do it all the time. As a matter of fact, um, that the VA hospital will sometimes cover shortages in pharmaceuticals for Sanford, and Sanford does the same back for them within their own network. So I'm trying to figure out why that's not allowed with within the dispensaries or the manufacturers. I did request that of harvest i said you know i've got these six little kids i really can't be um away from them for very long and is there any way you could even take that product to bismarck is you know because there's two harvests can you do it and they said no once it gets in our building we cannot we cannot ship it even to an affiliate So I'm going to play one little segment again, just to drive the point home. But part of the panic, what made us hit the, as moms hit the panic button, is we had kind of initially been told that we won't see any different types of oil um, until April. 
So be really cognizant of the fact here that this interview happened on November 4th. Today is January 1, and we're still waiting for this April to roll around. That's six months, folks. Six months. Six months without access to the product. On the day that we did this interview, they opened the last bottle of tincture, oil, whatever you want to call it, that was available for their child on November 4th. So this is a big deal, folks. This is this is proper access to the medicine that we had fought for, to the cannabis oils that we had fought for, for these autistic children. So I've got hours and hours of information regarding this subject. This is, this is just the first dive into it that I'm sharing with you. And, uh, it gets, it gets interesting at a couple of points that, uh, on the side of certain parties, this actually goes off the rails and we get to a point of having no understanding. So this first episode, I just wanted to crack this open to give you guys an idea of what we're dealing with here in the North Dakota medical marijuana program with the pediatric products that are available. And then again, not available. Um, and while I'm making these recordings that there's been conversations that have happened in the meantime, that I, I wish that I could report to you were great news, but we're not at that point. We're just not there. So I really want you as uh, an involved listener to reach out to me via the podcast, uh, via the social media on Facebook, on the Raven Rising podcast page, or if you're a member of the North Dakota Medical Marijuana Support Group, um, definitely reach out to me there and share your thoughts and concerns of that. Um, and that's what we're here for. This, this is what we're here for is to allow a conversation to happen in the public sphere that normally nobody else gets to hear unless it's filtered through the legislative body or through the State Department of Health. So with that, this is, this is peeling some of the layers back on the onion, folks, so that you get to see what's really going on behind the scenes from the patient's perspectives. So this is episode one of many more to come regarding this. This is an investigative expose that I put together for all of you. Now, I do know how part of this story ends or at least is at today, but it isn't something that I, I want to throw out there quite yet. I, you need to know the whole story behind this so that you can have the proper opinion here. You need to have all the facts before you go off on any different directions here. So if at the end of this that you're angry at different people, um, hold back on that. Hold back on that so that you have a true understanding of what's going on. And I really appreciate you. And in closing, this is Steven Peterson with the Raven Rising Podcast. Today is January 1, 2020. Welcome to the new decade, folks.